Welcome to the TBE Richmond Podcast. I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On this feed, you'll hear sermons, teachings, music, conversations with guests, and so much more from us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for learning and growing with us. Uh, the Torah reading this morning, uh, it comes from uh, the uh, book of, is that correct? Yeah, okay. Uh, it comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verse 1, uh, beginning with verse 1, uh, page 436 in the Yitzchai, page 290 in the Hertz. Of course, as I mentioned before, uh, we are uh, uh, chanting uh, the uh, encounter at Mount Sinai, the revelation at Mount Sinai, uh, which, uh, of course, culminates with the Asera Tadibrot. Uh, we normally think of the Asera Tadibrot as the, as the Ten Commandments. Uh, even though the term Aseret HaDibrot really means the Ten Utterances. One of the reasons why the Jewish tradition tends to call them the Ten Utterances rather than the Ten Commandments is that if you look at them quite carefully, you realize that uh, at least not all of them are in fact commandments or don't appear to be in any case. In particular, the first one seems out of place, which is why in some traditions, uh, some uh, non-Jewish traditions, uh, the first what we consider to be the first utterance of the first commandment uh, is uh, considered more like a preamble to the whole thing. Um, it is not uh, one of the counted as one of the commandments at all. The first uh, utterance of the first commandment is Anochi Adonai I, the infinite, am your God, uh, who has taken you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And it's a strange one because, of course, it's not. Uh, technically speaking, a commandment. It doesn't actually tell us to do anything, what a commandment does, right? We see up uh, uh, above our Arona Kodesh, uh, at least the beginning of all of the commandments. And even just in the beginning of those commandments, you can see that they are instructing you for particular behaviors. Lo ye Elohim achrim al panai. You should not have other gods before me. Lo tisat shem You should not uh, lift up the name of the infinite, your God, uh, for null purposes. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. These all prescribe or prohibit specific actions. But Anochi Adonai does not seem on its surface to prescribe a specific action. So what are we supposed to take from that commandment, from that utterance? Why is that contained in Revelation? And in a sense, I think that the answer might be found in the portion from the prophets that the rabbinic tradition associates with this holiday, that it sets up as a parallel to the encounter at Mount Sinai. In a little, uh, little while, we'll read from uh, the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, uh, which is uh, perhaps one of the most fantastical of all of the books of the Torah, uh, arguably one of the most creative, depending on your perspective on the nature of uh, prophets or prophecy, one of the most bizarre, depending on your uh, perspective on the nature of prophets and prophecy. And you can kind of see, by the way, if you look at the different mirror, the windows around the room, uh, that uh, arguably the wildest one is the Ezekiel window, which has uh, a crocodile, wheels with eyes, uh, angels of uh, various uh, 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 images and shapes, uh, and the word kavod on top, the word glory on top. If you look at the, uh, at the actual Haftorah this morning, 
Uh, it's introduced by uh, a, an uh, anonymous narrator who we, uh, in verse uh, 3, identify as Yechezkel ben Buzi, uh, a priest who is among the exiles uh, from uh, the destruction after the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, which uh, uh, culminated in 586 BCE uh, with the destruction of the temple. But actually, Ezekiel seems to be uh, an, uh, in the wave of exiles that uh, ends up in Babylonia before the destruction of the second temple. But this cataclysmic event in Jewish history, and in the first verse of the Haftorah, Ezekiel, uh, or the, the prophet, identifies himself as betoch ha-gola, ni betoch ha-gola. I am in the midst of exile. Now, if you look in the translation that we have in the JPS, uh, in the time, it will say something like, uh, I was among the community of exiles. But that's actually not what the verse says. It says, Ani betocha I am in the midst of exile. And then if you look at the prophetic vision of Ezekiel, it is, yes, it is fantastical. It is artistic. It is creative. It is very visceral and visual. Ezekiel is maybe the most visual of all the prophets. The most cinematic, maybe, of all the prophets, even though it's a literary form very descriptive of the images that he is seeing. But if you look a little bit underneath the surface of those images and try to distill them to their essence, what is it that Ezekiel is seeing? Ezekiel is seeing an image of a God on the move. Ezekiel is seeing an image of a divine chariot that is moving across the heavens. And if you were to continue to study the book of Ezekiel, what you find is a prophetic book about a God on the move. A God for whom the story of history has not yet been fully written. A God in whom anything is possible. A God for whom the way things are right now is not inevitable, not the way they always were, not the way they always must be. Which, if you can imagine a prophet speaking to a community, in the midst of exile, having witnessed a national calamity, enslaved, oppressed in a foreign land, dominated by empire, with the characteristic of imperial consciousness, being that the way things are, your condition right now, is what you deserve, the way things always were, the way things always must be, that community of exiles must have been broken and beaten down, deflated and defeated, prone to believing that their condition was inevitable, that history was over. And Ezekiel presents an image that defies that narrative. History is not over. God gets the last word. And ours is a God that is always on the move. Ours is a God that is always active. Ours is a God that can radically transform things, even if you see in the window, take bones that have no life in them, that are dried and dusty and buried in the dirt, and bring them back to life. God can even conquer death. We right now are a defeated, maybe even dead people. 
but redemption, restoration, is possible. Our God is a God of possibility. And so if you think back about the revelation at Sinai, that first utterance, that first commandment, Anochi Adonai Elohecha, I the infinite in your God, Asher Hotzeiticha Me'eret Mitzrayim Mibet Avadim, the one who took you out of the land of Egypt from the house of the enslaved. An image again of a God who gets the last word in history. The image of a God who looks at a human narrative that projects itself as inevitable and unchangeable and unchanging as I imagine our enslaved ancestors felt when they were in Egypt because that is precisely what the Egyptians wanted them to believe. You are slaves, you always have been slaves, you always will be slaves. And God comes to say, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be that way. And then proceeds to give a set of commandments, of actions that we are to take or to refrain from taking. Why? Because what we learn here is not only that in God and with God anything is possible, but that God calls us to use our actions, to use our deeds to help make it so. The notion of commandedness is a reinforcement of the idea that what is need not always be. And we have the capacity to be God's partners, maybe even God's agents, in bringing about a future that is radically different than the past and the present. This has been the TBE Richmond Podcast. Once again, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On behalf of all of us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia, thanks for listening. I hope this episode was uplifting and enriching. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And please rate and review us so others will have an easier time joining the conversation. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Learn more about our dynamic, warm, and passionate congregation affiliated with the United Synagogue of Conservative Judaism at www.bethelrichmond.org. Until next time, shalom y'all.